So every journey has a first step. Whether you're heading to Salisbury or Sainsbury's or Compostela, Santiago de Compostela, you have to start somewhere. So you always take a step out of your front door. You're ready to go, everything's packed, maybe the car's packed, the backpack's packed, the kids are packed, and you're all ready to go, but still, you have to take that step out of the front door. This morning, we are going to look at a couple who are true giants of the faith, two giants of the Old Testament, and how they took one step forward out of the front door onto an incredible journey with God. So, let me reintroduce to you this morning, Abraham and Sarah, and they are a couple who go into the desert because God says, go. And the greatest thing about them is they just say yes. It's a real step of obedience, a yes to God from each of their hearts. Well, the more I've got to know this couple over the past couple of weeks as I've been thinking about the passage, the more I can hear them saying to each other, have faith, encouraging each other on. Abraham and Sarah, though, are also very normal people, and I hope to unravel this morning how the mixture of humanity and faith can be a real inspiration for us today. It's how they put their faith into action that is very impressive in my book, and it's this obedience that we see exercised time and time again. Uh, One thing to point out straight away is that there's a two-way faith thing going on here. So if you think of a rope bridge connecting two tree houses or a zip wire or light bouncing back off the moon or a handshake, there is a two-way thing that is the basis of a covenant between man and God. So Abraham has faith in God and God is faithful. Sarah believes by faith And she finds God to be trustworthy. And it's this handshake that we see going forward. So we're going to look at how the celebrity couple of this morning are obedient and how Sarah has faith against all odds. It's a very, very challenging passage for each one of us. So keep your antenna out and just see what God is prompting you to do on your journey with him, to listen or to take a step forward. So this morning, I'm going to recap a little bit on Hebrews, in case you weren't here last week, because it's very exciting. Um, And we're going to zoom in on Abraham and Sarah, and also look briefly at this chilling test of faith, where Isaac is taken up a mountain. So uh, if you weren't here last week, the book of Hebrews, it's a letter written to a house church, we think in Rome, uh, not by Paul, and around 30 to 40 years after Christ's death. And the illustrations in Hebrews are drawn from a different world, but the message is still relevant today. It beckons us on to a better future. And the message is, the meta-message is, God's Son is enough. It's about the revelation of who Jesus is, and it's about getting a clear way back to God. So why was the letter written? Well, in the first century, the... um, The believers were in grave danger of giving up. Times are hard. Jewish Christians especially are being persecuted. Homes are being broken into. There's prison. There's ridicule. There's adversity for all believers. And this leads to a real compromise of faith. So the letter says, hold fast to the truth. 
Turn away from the inward and look outward. And this is where you find Christ and this is where you find endurance. So I'm just going to um, distill down the passage a little bit as to what we're going to look at today because there's so much of it. But always remember last week we also looked at God's promise to Noah and the rainbow as a sign of his promise. So the essence of the bit of Hebrews that we're going to look at this morning, because Hebrews 11 is the epicenter of the book of Hebrews. So, but within Hebrews 11, there's just a massive amount. So this morning, if you listen again, by faith, Abraham obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, a stranger in a foreign country. His root was towards the city of God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, had children because she believed God to be faithful in his promise to her. Okay, so we've set the scene. Now, what about Abraham? What about Sarah? Quick thumbnail sketch on both of them. Abraham, called the father of all nations, yet was 100 years old when Isaac was born. He was called into the desert... He lived most of his life from then in a tent, and he left behind so much. He had a very special relationship with God. Who's Sarah? Thumbnail on Sarah. Sarah, Abraham's wife, goes with him into the desert. Yet for her, daily life would have been filled with a sense of shame that she could not have children. That, to her, in the time, would have been devastating on a daily basis. So I wonder what their friends thought when they set out into the desert. What did Adrian, Abraham feel when he took that first step? Off he went, not knowing where he was going. Everything all packed up, Sarah by his side, and then they start walking. It's that sheer obedience that keeps them going, like Noah and the ark. You know, people must have thought they were nuts. So our couple's walk with God this morning is amazing, but it is also a bit of a game of snakes and ladders. And this is where their humanity comes in, because there is one point where they lose their nerve. And, well, a couple of points, really. Sarah pretends to be Abraham's sister because they fear for their lives. A huge famine hits in the desert, and it all goes badly wrong when they go to the local king to ask for some help, and she masquerades as his sister. Anyway, it's not great news, but God is faithful and rescues them, and they go on their way unscathed. But Sarah also completely gives up hope of ever having a child. She urges her husband to sleep with the handmaiden, Hagar, and just so that he can have an heir. And you can hear her thinking, Just God is not going to show up, is he? He's not going to show up, so we'll do it ourselves. Ring any bells? So, Abraham, we're going to zoom in a little bit on his obedience because it is remarkable. Abraham is very good at exercising the muscle of obedience. I think he must have done it numerous times in the small things. So when it comes to the big things, it's so much easier because the muscle memory is already up and running. If you're faithful and follow God in the small things, the bigger things seem much easier. So we're privy to a beautiful relationship between Abraham and God. Back in Genesis 15:5, God is talking to Abraham before he changes his name to Abraham. And it says this, Then he took him outside and he said, 
Look at the sky. Can you count the stars? Can you do it? Can you count your descendants? You're going to have a big family, Abraham. So God makes this promise, and then he backs it up with nature. And this is a really lovely feature of God's character, like with Noah and the ark and the rainbow. He makes a promise, and then he backs it up with nature. So that's the God's handshake, really. So with this family, Abraham and Sarah, God makes a covenant, a promise. You'll have a child. In fact, you'll have a huge family. And then he sort of stamps his sign off with, oh, by the way, it's me that's speaking. I'm the one that made this incredible universe. So note to yourself, just when we pray, let's remember who we're praying to. Psalm 8 says, and this is the message version, I look up your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, sun and moon and stars mounted in their setting. Then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Take a second look our way. Why do that? Abraham is called into the promise of a homeland, even though he becomes a wandering stranger. Sarah is promised a child, even though she is elderly and barren. And actually, they never possess the land that God is promising them. They just get as far as buying a cave, which Abraham bought as a burial place. So they live off God's promise. They live off saying yes to God. Faith. We talked about faith last week, but, but what is faith? In this instance, we're not talking about a general have faith, you know, the, the mantra, just keep going, just have faith. We're talking about a specific faith here. Now, I think the Indiana Jones film is out this weekend. It might be in the cinemas already. I think it might be the one when he's um, on the hunting for the Holy Grail and they come to an opening above a precipice and he throws some sand and there's a walkway across to safety. And that's a very powerful image in my mind. Just faith is, is what is not seen. Faith is a gift. It is not seen. But faith is that stepping forward. So this is solid. Hear and believe the promise of God, God's word, knowing that God is the creator and God is the rescuer who is speaking. And he's leading Abraham and Sarah to a city, but this isn't a city made of bricks and water, mortar. This is a holy city, which is the city of God, which is the final destination of all of us, a heavenward city. And it is uh, the new heaven and the earth that we hear about in Revelation. City in the time of the Hebrews, when they'd have been reading this, was a metaphor for a place of either universal hope or a place where God lived, or a place of privilege. And so city for them was God. So on the journey, they're not heading towards a city, they're heading towards God, firmly locked on to where God is. Abraham believed and took action. Sarah has promised a child. She knows that God is trustworthy. And if anyone here wants to take imputed or imparted righteousness one step further, then I'm going to direct you to Brian and to Simon. You can talk about this. But this is how faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness, and you can bend their ears on that. But for us here today, we're just going to remember Abraham believed and took action, and Sarah knows in her heart that God is faithful. Isaac, this chilling 
terrifying part where the writer reminds us of how Abraham was put to the test by God. So Abraham, who has this promise of a family as big as the skies, and that the promise that in Isaac shall your family be named, is asked to offer up his son. I mean, imagine explaining that one to Sarah. Can you imagine? They're creeping out of the house first thing in the morning. It's very early. It's dark. She calls out, where are you going? Imagine the journey with Isaac. What does Abraham say? Where are we going, Dad? God is asking for an extraordinary level of faith here. And yet Abraham is obedient, believing that he would receive Isaac back from the dead, which is really what happens. But still, to me, this is next level obedience. So for us today, drawing some of these threads together, we have got this picture of faith shown to us through the eyes of Abraham and Sarah, which is a constant challenge to us as we read it today. Will we continue to trust God's promises, even if there is fading hope of them ever being fulfilled in our lifetime? How is our own muscle memory of obedience going? Sometimes it's difficult to listen. Sometimes it's easier to do it our own way, to say, we just don't want our hearts broken one more time. The mantra of keep calm, carry on, is, is so much easier. Let's just keep it, keep it where we're in control. It's a bit safer that way, isn't it? We can live in our own echo chamber so easily, just selecting what we want to see and hear. But let's rewind for a minute back to our first thought of that journey, our first step. What is God asking us to do this morning? Where is he asking us to take the next step of obedience? And let's remember that God is faithful. He is trustworthy. Take heart from our couple in the limelight this morning. What if, just what if God is here? What if God is faithful? What if he is ready to answer you. I wonder what he's whispering into your heart right now. And the one thing that we can all do is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on that heavenly city. Fix our eyes. Don't look back. Abraham didn't look back. He looked forward into the desert, fixing his eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen.